This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Kiesi. I had this paper, Early Hyperoxemia and Two-Year Outcomes in Infants with Hypoxic Ischemic Encephalopathy. This is a secondary analysis of the of the ICE trial. Uh, lead author of this paper is Shiraz uh, Badurdi. This is in the Journal of Pediatrics, but it's coming to us from Australia. It was a retrospective, like I said, secondary analysis of the ICE trial, which was a randomized controlled trial performed in 28 NICUs across Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the U.S. Now, as a reminder, this is between years 2001 and 2007. So one of the early trials of therapeutic hypothermia where children were actually uh, randomized to therapeutic hypothermia or no more thermia, which we don't do anymore. <laughs> Obviously, the inclusion criteria were newborns greater than 35 weeks with evidence of moderate to severe encephalopathy and evidence of peripartum hypoxia ischemia. They were looking specifically at the babies from this cohort that had a, um, a PaO2 measurement within two hours after birth. So babies were excluded if they didn't have that measurement, uh, if they were cooled after six hours but were part of the cooling group, birth weight less than two kilos, genetic anomalies, refractory hypotension and acidosis are requiring 80%, greater than 80% FiO2. So basically what they did is they looked at the whole cohort of infants. They looked at uh, which babies had PAO2s. They looked at PAO2s as kind of a spectrum. And then they used a scatter plot smoothing curve to describe this unadjusted relationship between PAO2 and the probability of death or disability. And then they split the group. They dichotomized the group, the data, into those babies who had normoxemia, so between PAO2 of 40 to 99, and those who had hyperoxemia, a PAO2 really greater than 100, but 100 to 500 because they did exclude those outliers that had much, very, very high uh, levels. So in all, they had 221 infants enrolled in the ICE trial. 55% of those infants had a PAO2 measured, so a total of 116 were included in the final analysis. 52% of that group received therapeutic hypothermia. 30% of infants died, um, and death or major sensory neural disability occurred at 57%. I let that sit in for a while because as a reminder, this includes babies who were cooled and babies who were not cooled. And just as a, I think a reminder of how far we've come uh-huh. in being able to treat HIE. So in the unadjusted analysis, infants near the normoxemic range of PAO2, so the 40 to 99 group, had the lowest probability of death or disability in comparison to both the hypoxemic and the hyperoxemic infants. The probability of death or disability actually plateaued at about a PAO2 of greater than 200. Um, And then, like I said, they excluded the extreme outliers, those with PAO2s greater than 500, but the proportion with death or disability among hyperoxemic infants, so those between 100 and 500, uh, infants was 40 out of 58.69, which was higher than the proportion among normoxemic infants, 20 out of uh, 42%, so a relative risk of 1.66. Then they adjusted for the APGAR scar, the time to first breath, chest compression uh, duration, first arterial PCO2, uh, the need for adrenaline during resuscitation, and hyperoxemia was still associated with an increased risk of death or disability, an adjusted risk uh, ratio of 1.61. 
Then they included cooling and severity of encephalopathy and the adjusted risk ratio is 1.58, but with a p-value of 0.06. So that did not reach statistically significant, statistical significance. But I think it's an interesting discussion when we think about how do we really optimize, you know, we've got babies who are cooling. How can we really optimize them? These are babies that are at risk for pulmonary hypertension. So sometimes we're pretty liberal with oxygen, but, but are we doing them a real disservice, especially as we're learning more and more about the downsides of having too much oxygen, obviously, on all the organ systems. Thank you for listening to The Incubator. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of The Incubator and new shows from The Incubator Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nikupodcast at gmail.com, or by visiting our website, www.the-incubator.org. You can also message the show on Instagram or X, formerly known as Twitter, at NICUPodcast. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.